0: Let's get right into today's episode. Bank of Canada held rates this morning at 5%, and while that sends a bit of a message of stability out to the marketplace, it's little reprieve for the millions of Canadians that are struggling to stay afloat with 20-year highs in interest rates, resulting in skyrocketing mortgage payments and businesses having to pull back in not only their spending, but also some of their employees. We're going to unpack today's announcement for you and offer advice, how to prepare for what's coming next, and share our current prediction as to when rate cuts may begin. So let's dive right in. So as mentioned off the top here, the Bank of Canada did hold rates at 5%. And this marks the fourth time they have held rates during this current rate hiking cycle. As a a quick look into the press release, they mentioned that they held rates based on the weakening global economy, that oil prices are rising. There was uncertainty, of course, with the ongoing wars, and the inflation is remaining stubborn, a little bit closer to home here in Canada. These higher rates are still taking effect is what they 're saying they 're saying it 's still working through the marketplace, and they 're seeing some indicators now with uh, lower consumer spending with much weaker demand in housing and they stated that indicator supply sorry indicators suggest that supply and demand in the economy are now approaching a balance, so again, more tone of stability out there. But as usual, they did leave the door open to further rate hikes, saying that, quote unquote, as they are concerned that progress towards price, price stability is slow and inflation risks have increased, they are prepared to raise the policy rate further if needed. They kind of have to say that every single time in case, because, of course, should they hike, then it won't become uh, as such a surprise. Either way, the markets had correctly predicted that it was going to be a rate hold today. And there's now currently more indicators in the marketplace that rate hikes may very well have hit their peak. They may be done for this cycle. So when we look at 2023 as a whole, there's only been two rate hikes this whole year, only half a percent total. And you know while that does say a bit of stability, it's still no relief to all the Canadians that are still realizing the full effects of the 475 basis point hikes that we've experienced over the ni- last 19 months. There are over 70,000 mortgages renewing every single month right now. And Canadians are looking to their lines of credit and credit cards just to stay afloat. The pressures of the high real estate or sorry the high rates are very real, and the longer they remain high, the more cracks are going to appear in our system. So to help unpack today's announcements and get a current understanding of the mortgage landscape, we have Mikhail Ferreira with us. He is the number one mortgage broker across Canada with the Bank of Montreal. Thank you so much for being here, mikhail. let's dive into the first question. So with these seventy thousand plus mortgages that are renewing every month. For homeowners with, let's say, a five year fixed term, their original mortgage was obtained at a time when the overnight rate was 1.75. Today it's 5%. So, what do these new payments look like for those renewing who, let's say, started with an $800,000 mortgage amount?
2: Yeah. So, when we look back at, uh, you know, five years ago, you know, mortgage rates were like in the 3% range. So you would have taken an $800,000 mortgage on a five-year fix, three-ish percent. You're looking at about a $3,364, uh, monthly payment. Uh, now with these, uh, maturities coming up, uh, you know, you're going to mature, you're going to go into a 25-year amortization. Your mortgage residual balance is about $711,000. Your monthly payments jumping from $3,364 to $4,719 per month. That's a 40% increase to your mortgage payment since your first term which is you know pretty crazy considering that there's about 331 billion uh, mortgages in canada uh, maturing in uh, 2024 and like another 300 billion in 2025 so you know i don't think we've necessarily seen uh, a lot of the impact of these rates just yet
1: so mikhail um what about variable mortgages with let's say ams now that are over 30 years what happens at maturity here
2: yeah. So, you know, there's, there's a, there's a few banks that, uh, um, have adjustable mortgages where, you know, your payment instantly moves up when the rate goes up, moves down when the rate goes down. Um, but there's a whole whack of them that have, um, basically it's like a variable fixed mortgage where rate goes up, the amortization extends, right? More, more payment goes towards interest, less towards principal. Uh, and what we've seen and what we keep hearing about, uh, out there is that, you know, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of mortgages that are north of 30. 30 years. Now, you know, at maturity, if you took a variable mortgage, say uh, during COVID, right? So you're 1.5 or even lower, and you'll you have a fixed variable mortgage and your amortization is extended well past 30 years, then what ends up happening in maturity if you haven't increased your payment or or made lump sums is you now have to catch up on the um you know, the principal payments are missed over the term and you got to deal with your, um, you know, increased rate. So, you know, you could see not only like a 40% increase in rate alone. Uh, in fact, it's probably like 50, 60% if, if you were like in the one point somethings, but then now on top of that, you also have to catch up on the, the missed, uh, principal payments. You could be seeing a 60, 70% increase in payments.
1: Wow. So that's, that's, kind of a nightmare scenario I think for for some people here where you bought you buy a house mm-hmm. with the intention of paying it down only to realize that you actually have to pay more than maybe what you even paid for in total for the home right so mm-hmm. difficult situation uh I guess we'll we'll see how <laughs> how things continue to carry on here but what kind of options do I have then? I mean, if if can I extend the amortization period without requalifying or should I be you know bouncing banks? What should I be doing here? Yeah.
2: So you know, in short, you can't actually extend your amortization without refinancing or requalifying, right? Hmm. If you are renewing your mortgage, basically you just go into your lender and you take a new term and you're good to go right so it, it's pretty straightforward but if you need to extend your amortization so say you're at 25 years now and you you need to get back out to 30 so that your payment's smaller you got to requalify you got to you mm. know basically do a refinance and the issue there is like you know a lot of people when they got these mortgages were qualifying in the 4s and 5%s right and now they're qualifying at 8% 9% Ouch. so yeah. you know hopefully incomes have gone up which they haven't but you know if if your individual income has gone up you might be uh, lucky but generally speaking i've seen most people that have maturities actually can't even move their mortgage from to another institution
1: you know wow that's okay one thing that you know (laughs) as an example right like i um I rented out my basement suite to offset the interest-bearing portion that's that's risen on my mortgage, right? And I think you know if you've got a property where that's an option, it's something you should be doing if you're staring down a, you know, refinancing in the next two years here because you know forty percent increase in payments is is no joke, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. It's scary to think that a lot of people might not even qualify for their own home today when mm-hmm. looked at it with those new rates. So, Mikhail, as we talked about here, there's been two hikes this entire year. There's only been one hike in the last 10 months. And when you look at it through that lens, it almost feels a bit stable. Again, Mm -hmm. this is off the back of almost all-time record high rate of increases. But again, you look back 10 months, one hike, that sounds like it might be okay. What's your take? What's the Bank of Montreal stance right now you think on? Is the rate hike cycle done? Are we at the top?
2: Yeah, I mean... Actually when you look at most of the uh chief economists out there, but like with Bank of Montreal, it, it our our chief economist does believe that the uh you know rates are done. Uh in fact, uh by the end of you know twenty twenty four, most banks are, are predicting that we'll hit our you know target rate of two percent. And you know, we suspect that, you know, we'll we'll start to see, you know, rates come down next year. Question is when, but um, we I do believe that they've peaked in fact, almost every bank uh, analyst has predicted that it's peaked.
0: okay, yeah, interesting. so based on all this information today and we know the data mm-hmm. changes daily, weekly, <laughs> hourly even, what's the current prediction when when are people when can they expect the next rate uh, cut based on the info we have today?
2: Yeah, so I, I think the earliest uh that we might see a cut is maybe summer twenty twenty four um, that seems to be kind of the general consensus um, all the way through 2025. But I, I think we'll see, you know, assuming, you know, there isn't some major economic disaster, but I, I think summer 2024, we'll, we'll see maybe a quarter point, maybe more, depending on how things kind of shake out.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to largely depend mm-hmm. on on how inflation plays out too throughout the, throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of like I mentioned with some oil, seeing what happens to oil prices here um with that said though let's stay focused um for those that are saying buying a house today or or at least in the very Mm -hmm. near future uh seeing as we're you know maybe at the top of this rate hike cycle what would you start recommending in terms of products here what should they be you know looking Mm -hmm. at and considering based on the market
2: yeah so if you're buying a home today uh, I would be recommending a short term fixed rate. Um, and the reason is because you, you, you don't really want any surprises in the short term. you kind of want to know what you're paying and, and and you know if the last two years have taught us anything, it's that that's an important piece of buying a home. And uh, going with a short term fixed gives you some flexibility because uh, most lenders allow you to get out of your mortgage like an early renewal within four to six months before maturity. So if you take a two year fixed, which is which it's, it's significantly higher, uh, than a three-year, uh, but you can get out of it in 18 months. So most people have been going with a three-year fix because you can get out of it in two and a half years, uh, and it's the lowest for the shortest, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you're going into... Some people are making the argument now for a variable as well. And the problem with the variable is that you're kind of taking a much higher rate. So for comparison, a three-year fix is about 64 a two-year fixed is about 6.9. A variable is like prime of 7.2, right? Just ballpark figures, right? So you're, you're taking a premium to take risk uh, on the back that, you know, if rates do come down, you can you can go ahead and turn your variable into a fixed with no penalty. So, you know, there's an argument for variable, but I don't like the spread between the fixed and the variable rate, especially on a three-year, because I don't know if taking that risk is worth it right now. There's just so much volatility. And every time i i I swear we've had this conversation that rates peaked and then they go up, rates peaked and then they go up right <laughs> um you know so so I'm like I, at this point, I just you know take the w know and 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 uh a three year fix just seems to be the like I would say ninety nine percent of what I'm doing is a three year fix right now.
0: Got it. Good info. Okay, let's talk a little bit about mortgage arrears now. How many people are getting delinquent in their payments? And when we look to the data, it's actually pretty fascinating because Canada as a whole started off the year at a 0.16 delinquency rate. And it's actually fallen, meaning more people are out of delinquency. More people are covering their mortgages. Today, we sit at 0.15%. So from the, banks, from the Bank of Montreal standpoint, like, what are you guys hearing on the ground? Are people super stressed? Are people about mm-hmm. to be in arrears? Or what's sort of the yeah. landscape feel over there?
2: Um, so honestly, a lot of what I've been doing in the last um, you know, several months has been uh, reviewing customers' you know, mortgages, when they're renewing, what do their payments look like at maturity. Uh, I-, I think most people will pay attention to that kind of stuff, and they're looking ahead you know, and they're looking at what they need to do today to ensure that when their maturity comes up over the next year or two years, uh, that they're ready, right? And, you know, unless you have a, a homeowner, you know, a HELOC, should I say, um, which is instantly changing constantly, uh, you know, a lot of people still have a lot of planning to do. So, you know, what I'm basically seeing and why I don't I don't believe mortgage arrears necessarily will, will take off is because, no matter what uh, you know people are pay their mortgage first, they always focus on that, you know they'll let their car go before they lose their home right and you know I think right now everyone's aware that rates are high uh, and they're doing what they need to do now and that's why I think there's also that correlating effect with inflation. you know if people need to plan like a lot of these mortgages, these rates have not been you know have worked into these mortgages yet as they start to come up. I think inflation will stay low and and could potentially get, you know, well under the target, uh, potentially assuming that these rates stay very high. And there's all these people that need to make massive adjustments to their lifestyle. Right.
1: So I think, I think we'll see it kind of stabilize. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a growing argument for, um, you know, another, another pivot coming sooner than expected. And I think that depends largely on Mm -hmm. the bond market. I think it, also largely depends on conflicts throughout the Middle East and how that, that continues to impact our economy, right? So there's some there's mm-hmm. some black swan events that could exist here yeah. where we could get a harder pivot than than maybe we expect. Uh, but again, <laughs> that still has to play out. So um, let's talk pre-sale because there's a lot of people in the last five years or, or more um, who have been... Buying pre-sales has largely been their only option in many ways. And when they bought them, rates were at all-time lows. And now that's not the case going to complete. So um, yeah. are you seeing issues in that segment of the marketplace? And and maybe if you wouldn't mind talking on how you mitigate them as well, just so people can be reminded of that.
2: You know, I'm always extraordinarily surprised that a person will go and buy a pre-sale home, put down 15 20%. Uh, and don't look at financing. I, yeah. I look at it if you're going to buy a resale home, you don't just drop 20% and be like, oh, I'll figure out financing right before completion. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it, right now, it, it's, it's something that I, I, I take a lot of time explaining to people. I get, out, I get out and I tell literally everyone that I can about presale financing. Uh, and the reason for that is what's happening now. We're starting to see a lot of these presales that are coming up. That are coming up a little bit short, right? Or you know, in some cases, very short. Um, you know, and the thing is that if you bought a home, you you paid seven hundred thousand dollars, and it's worth you know six fifty today, and you've done no no due diligence, you are now short fifty thousand on top of your twenty percent deposit, right? Ouch. And you know, we're, we I don't see it. I, I would say that maybe like one in six or one in seven, I, I see it coming up short, but I believe that number should increase. Um, as we start to see a lot of the peak COVID, uh, you know, pre-sales come up, I mean, all prices were, you know, very, very high and things are flying off the shelf. And as those come up, it's natural to assume that the valuations will be soft. And one of the things that, uh, we can do is we can do full financing. We can, you know, basically get you 100% approved. We can do an appraisal so that your valuation is saved. And then we can hold a rate for up to three years. So, you know, and we don't look back. So basically once we get to completion, your deal is done, right? Mm. There's no surprises. You have a rate, you have an appraisal and you have, um, um, you know, the valuation secure. And, and for example, you know, I've had to actually convince some people during COVID uh, that bought pre-sales. I was like, just put in, put in an approval, just put in an approval, You know, you'll have it for three years and, you know, clients would be like, no, you know, I I want a variable. I don't really want a fixed. And well, those same people I convinced are closing today. Five year fixed, 30 year amortizations, two and a half percent. Wow. And there's no downside to do this. If you've bought in a pre-sale, do your financing, because at the very least, you have something to fall back on. If you don't need it, you don't need it. You don't need to use it.
1: And Mikhail, just before we flip over to dan here i just want to one follow-up question here with those one in six and one in seven that that maybe are Mm. having significant issues is the bank doing anything for them or are they just you Mm. know sol and they've got to flip their unit kind of thing
2: well you know it, it depends how out of whack it is right uh i think people will try to make it work right we find solutions i work with them um we, we double check all the valuations to make sure like is this home like are, are the comparables there so we always try to work with uh with mm-hmm. clients to make that like to to find a solution but sometimes people just pay too much right i mean it happens to everybody um you know and if if, if that's the case then you know you're gonna see people just try to get their deposits back out of it right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah
0: i think just so many people don't know <clears throat> that they can get three four five six year rate holds in advance and we'll continue to to do our best of, of informing people because as you mentioned it is so important and the last thing you want to do is get caught here and be 50 100k negative and have to just come up with that cash almost uh, overnight here and, and speaking of sort of like stressors in that sort of segment of the marketplace with the banks like they know that there's these three hundred, four hundred billion dollars in renewals coming in the upcoming mm-hmm. years, and if rates stay high, like are the banks talking? Are they preparing for offering people maybe some form of relief when they have to renew? And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is, you know, if you have to renew and you literally can't make the payment, can they offer something like a, a forty-year AM? Can they offer up a, a secondary mortgage to keep your keep you in your house? Like, mm-hmm. are those kind of conversations taking place?
2: So the one thing I can tell you is that. The bank is never interested in trying, or banks in general, they don't want to take your home by any means, right? They don't want you to lose your home and they're not in the business of taking over people's homes. They want you to stay in your home and they will do everything that they can. Like I work with my clients to crazy extents to try to make situations work. That being said, you know, I've heard rumors of a 40 year amortization uh, coming up at some point. Um, whether or not that happens, whether or not, you know, government allows it is, is yet to be seen. We're seeing some lenders that already have that, um, but it's, you know, I, I believe there was Equitable Bank that just released something that had a 40-year amortization, but they're talking about rates in the nine plus percent fees. So it's kind of like an extra product you can get, but as, as uh, just like a 40-year amortization where all the banks have it. I mean, honestly, I, 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 it makes sense to me, even though financially it's not a great idea. I just think that it's kind of like the next step in our progression because when you have high rates and very high uh, prices, people need to be able to qualify. People need to be able to manage your payments. But I, I think it potentially could be coming. But there's nothing that has been, uh, you know, told to me or, or you know, fully, you know, I, that I can say that it, it is for sure coming
1: extend it's extend and right defend
2: yeah yeah it's the name of the game right now.
1: but um okay well let's have a uh, last question here on on off um did they do any updates mm-hmm. here are they going to tighten any any further difficulty mm-hmm. coming to qualifying
2: <laughs> <laughs> well actually you know uh, this this is one of the things that i've been thinking about all year and i've been super stressed about it And it's funny because not a lot of people were talking about it. So for those who don't know, OSFI is the regulatory body that brought in the stress test. They're the ones that basically control how we lend, how all lenders lend and, 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 you know, basically make it not more difficult, but protect our lending uh, atmosphere, right? So there was all these talks about like uh, debt service qualifications, basically like you, there was less, um, you know, move, you couldn't go over a certain threshold of your income, whereas now there's a little bit more leeway. We can kind of work on things. We can mitigate more. But they're saying, you know, 75% of all mortgage customers uh, would not be able to exceed 450% of their income. Right. So basically, when you do something like that, you, you take an already tough qualifying sector and you shrink it and you make it much more difficult to qualify. They were talking about all sorts of things. There was even leverage lending, like if you wanted to refinance a rental to buy another home, they wanted to put a stop to that. Um, They did make some changes in the background, mostly to do with um, uh, products like a home line or a homeowner ready line, where you have a homeowner line of credit and a a physical mortgage portion. But it looks like for now that they will not be doing um, any of that, which is honestly, it's, it's the first positive news that I've heard in a little bit, of, in a little while. Uh, and it, you know, we don't want at this point, it's like, how, how much more difficult could you make it for, for people to buy a home? I mean, you're already qualifying at eight, nine percent. Like, mm-hmm. why are we going to add two more layers of complexity to that? So um, that's honestly the best news that I've heard. This is a moving target. The reality is, if, if things get crazy again, they could jump in. But as of now, it just, you know, it's kind of calmed itself down.
0: Well, look at that. Some good news from OSFI. Maybe we're at the top here of the rate hike cycle. Maybe there is light at the end of the tunnel. Um, Mikhail, thanks so much for being on here today. For those people who have mortgages and need to talk to a broker about what to do here, or anybody with a pre sale who is not pre qualified, mm-hmm. how do they find you? How do they get a hold of you? Uh, you can give me a call, send me an
2: email, or find me on Instagram
0: perfect. We will include all of that contact information in the write-ups below. Thanks again for tuning in and we will see you next week. Bye.
1: That wraps up this edition of the Vancouver Life Podcast. For more information on this podcast and to access a ton
0: of free downloads, investment opportunities, current market info, and homes for sale, you can find it all at www.thevancouverlife.com
1: thanks and we look forward to bringing you more podcasts about Vancouver real estate.